the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, we return to the purveyors of real estate knowledge. Your Real Estate Chalk Talk. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is your Real Estate Chalk Talk, 612-627-8000. That's 612-627-8000. Hittnergroup.com, H-I-T-T-N-E-R Group. One of the oldest real estate websites in the continental United States. Hittnergroup.com. Check it out. You'll love it. It'll be something for you Spend your time with six one two six two seven eight thousand. Okay, we got Kelly Keegan on the program. I got a question for you, Kelly. Yeah. So I'm a upright, you know, guy standing in my house, and I met this gal at the bar the other night, and uh, she's got oh. a felony. I didn't realize it, but she does. So she she's going to live with me, and I own a gun. Mm-hmm. Am I? In a, uh, is that a problem? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. With I his get, wife, Sheila. I yeah, guess. well, you start know, there. And she then was a derelict. Gets kind of kinky. <laughs> you know, that's a good question. I get asked this question actually a lot because I, I get calls from people who are looking at having their rights restored. We determine that they are prohibited. And so one of the next questions is, until I can get this fixed, mm-hmm. what do I do? Because I live with people who have firearms or I want to live with people who have firearms and I don't want to be considered in possession of those firearms, but I also don't want to restrict the other people and tell them they can't have firearms. They're perfectly law-abiding. So who's it a problem for? Is it for the problem for the person who owns the firearm no. or the felon? It's a problem for the felon. Okay. Um, and we're, t- you know, I say felon, but it's also people who have a domestic conviction that's a misdemeanor. I mean, there's lots of things that can prohibit people. You can lose your firearms for renouncing your citizenship, for being dishonorably discharged from the military, for being committed, obviously, really? as mentally ill and or chemically dependent. I mean, there's a long list of things that can prohibit people having a restraining order active against you. Um, but at any rate, so it's a problem for the person who's restricted generally because that person has all the liability. You know, you don't want to be considered in possession of a firearm. If it's first of all, if it's not yours, it shouldn't be yours, hopefully, but um, you're going to be the one in trouble. And so the question becomes, what do we do with this? You know, if you have a firearm in the home, Minnesota law and frankly, just law in general says we have this concept of constructive possession. You know, obviously, it's illegal to have a firearm in your hot little hand. Right, Right, right. But constructive possession says that I am in control of the articles that are in my home, in my vehicle, right? If I'm driving my vehicle and I've got a gun on the floorboards, it's presumed that that's my gun and I'm possessing it. You know, Mm -hmm. I tell people, think of it like a TV, right? You don't walk around with a TV in your hand all day. But people would say, Kelly Keegan's got a TV. TV. Yeah, Yeah. she's got a TV in her home. She owns and possesses a TV. Sure. Same type of concept. Constructive possession is saying you're still in control and possession of the things that are in your home and your vehicle in particular. But what if it, what if I have somebody living with me and the TV is in my room where I stay and I live in this room and then you know the other that's individual that's living in the house, it's not a common area, right? It's like my personal bedroom. They have their own personal bedroom and then we have common space within the home. Mm-hmm. The gun is in my room. The TV's in my room. 
he has he doesn't have a TV or she doesn't have a TV or gun in her room. Problem. You're the prohibited person or no, you're the I, legal I'm person? No, I'm legal. Okay, you're the legal person. Yeah, so Okay for me, but what so about this other person? So here's what constructive possession says. It says you can't be in a position where you're exercising control over that firearm. And so it became you leave a gun out on the counter in the common space, right? They can attempt to attribute right. that firearm to you. And what they'll do is they'll actually do DNA testing. They'll swab that firearm and see if your DNA is on there, oh, no which can kidding. be also very dangerous because DNA is all over everything, yeah, especially yeah. if you live in a place. Sneeze. But so what I tell people to do is, you know, take precaution. And what they should do is try to get, take it, put as much space between you and that firearm in terms of them attributing it to you as possible. The best way to go about it would be to get some sort of biometric safe, have a gun safe, have the firearms put in the safe and have it be a biometric safe is where the person who's opening it needs a thumbprint or some kind of biometric information. Sometimes they can do like retina scans, but I think that's pretty advanced at this point. Mostly thumbprint. And so that person, it becomes clear the person who's accessing the firearms is the legal person, not the prohibited person. The most scary kind of line crossing situation that I've seen come out of the Court of Appeals and the, the case escapes me. I, I want to say it's talking. I'll get it for you. But um the case is a case where a gentleman was renting a room, a bedroom mm-hmm. in a home. He did not own the home. So he's renting this bedroom. And inside that bedroom was this sort of makeshift gun safe. It was more more so a locked file cabinet. It was undisputed that he didn't have access to the file cabinet. There were keys associated with it. He didn't have the keys. And the firearms inside were not his firearms. I think they were his girlfriend's. But the court still ruled that he was in constructive possession of those firearms because he could control who could come in and, and in and out of that bedroom. It was oh. his bedroom. It wasn't her bedroom. And so they said, you're still exercising control over these firearms, even though you can't necessarily physically touch them and, and get them out of this file cabinet. You're still exercising control over those firearms. That's the issue is you cannot be a person who's exercising control of those firearms. And so I tell people to take precautions. Mainly what I tell people How is- How did that end up? He he ended up his conviction stood. He appealed yeah. his conviction, okay. saying I shouldn't because he had considered. control over her. Well, I don't know about her. But well, I was a <laughs> girlfriend. I mean, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the issue was that her firearms were in his room, and it yeah. was his room, and so yeah. they're like, it's in your space. So it's a little bit frightening. I tell people the safest way to go about it is to just have the a third party offsite hold the firearms until you can get this fixed. Go back to Keith's uh, scenario here now. So yeah. he's got a house in that same situation. Um, like I have my guns in a safe next yeah. to my nightstand mm-hmm. that I have a code to, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so he rents a room out to somebody, yep. right? And that person that he rents the room out, they don't even know he's got a safe in his room. Yeah. You know, it's not like you talk about it. Oh, by the way, I've got a safe full of guns up in my bedroom. Right. Right. So it's just a conversation that never comes it's up. A couple all of nines of 45. Yeah. So then all of a sudden the, the uh, something happens. It could be anything. You know, a medical emergency or something like that. They come in there and they see the guns in there and the coppers are there and they're like, you know, who all lives in the house? They write it down. Like, Got a problem here. How's that work? He, you should be okay in that situation. I mean, it, the person who's renting the room from you or living with you has no knowledge. Well, has no knowledge, but also you couldn't say is exercising control over those firearms. So I'll give you another scenario. You're driving a vehicle, you're legal, and you have a firearm on you. Or let's say you're even the passenger in a vehicle and you're carrying yeah. legally and you have a firearm on your person. The person whose vehicle you're in, who's driving, is turns out they're prohibited from possessing firearms. Even though it's in their vehicle, it'd be really difficult for law enforcement or prosecutors to say, 
that that person who's illegally, you know, can't have firearms is possessing your firearm. It's on right. you. You're the one that's exercising control over that. I think that would that. probably pretty be clear. a pretty, um, not rare, but um, common scenario, right, where mm-hmm. you maybe have somebody that has um, had some decisions that they made in the past that prohibit them from having a firearm, and then your buddy's in the car with you, and they do have a firearm. Mm-hmm. The, the police officer in that situation is probably going to be like, whoa, you're in trouble. You know, because there's a firearm in your vehicle, mm-hmm. and but that could be a sticky situation. Yeah, I mean, certainly. Because I know a lot of police officers, and they don't know the law always mm-hmm. as much as somebody in your position would. Well, people always say, am I going to get in trouble? Or, or what they'll say is, am I going to get arrested for this? And I'm like, well, I can't guarantee you won't get arrested, right. <laughs> but you, I can guarantee that it probably won't be an issue once it gets to court. But yeah. do you want to really fight that fight? <laughs> right. I, you know, right. take precautions. But you know, in the situation where somebody has it on their person, it's just it's all about who is exercising control or could be exercising control over that firearm. If it's clear that it's not the prohibited person, you're probably going to be okay. But if it's, you know, the person who's in the vehicle that has their firearm who's legal and takes it out and decides to put it in the glove box, big That's problem. problem. Big yeah, problem. problem. Yeah. yeah. What do you know about uh, or, or what do you hear about some of these communities around the country, big cities and stuff that have very restrictive gun you know, right? You can't get a permit unless you, you know, give them a DNA sample and prove that you absolutely need one. Yeah, we've uh, That's state by state, though, right? It's it is. Not, there, mm-hmm. there are, um, you know, states have obviously permit to carry laws. Yeah, and, and there's some reciprocity between states. There are some that are not. I have a lot of clients that get into trouble who bring a firearm into the state of Minnesota and who have a permit, perhaps in their own state, but didn't right. do their research and didn't realize there's no reciprocity with Minnesota. We have an interesting case that came out of the Supreme Court in June of this last year. Um, it's called the Bruin case. It's the New York Rifle Association versus Bruin. And it really calls into question a lot of the permit to carry statutory schemes in different states. Um, there are a number of states, and I forget what the number is, I think seven or so that had laws on the books that say people have to demonstrate a need for having a permit to carry. They have to demonstrate a need for carrying a firearm out in public. And the Bruin case struck that down and said, you can't infringe on someone's Second Amendment right. Um, it kind of ex- expanded what we call the Heller case that talks about you have a Second Amendment right to have firearms in your home for self-defense, for protection. It's a constitutional right, can't be infringed. Mm-hmm. This extended that into public places. And so there were some states that had restrictions saying, I have to go in and demonstrate a need for it. I have to sort of deal with the subjective criteria of, gee, please, Mr. Sack, can I have a firearm in public? And the Supreme Court struck that down and said, you can't infringe on someone's Second Amendment rights. And how this relates to Minnesota is there are obviously a group of us that handle firearms laws. And we're looking at certain cases at this point to perhaps challenge Minnesota's concealed carry permit laws, uh, we're a shall issue state, meaning if you go in and you're not prohibited, you should be issued a firearm. But there's one exception, which is the sheriffs can make a determination if someone is a danger to themselves or others and decide the person shouldn't have a firearm or shouldn't have a permit. We'll explore that more when we come back. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up probably when we return here with Kelly Kerrigan, Kerrigan Law Ke- Keegan. Office. Keegan. Keegan <laughs> Kerrigan. I actually know Kelly Kerrigan. Hey. Kelly Keegan. KeeganLawOffice.com, 612-584-3834. Give her a call and give us a call at 612-627-8000. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.